This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast, and I'm very, very sick. Sorry, Hemant couldn't be here today, so I I got James Earl Jones. Yeah, (laughs) and you can make me feel better by going to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. I'll try my best not to cough into the mic the entire time. I feel like this is going to be a Jess heavy episode, huh? You better talk. Okay. Uh, we'll get right into it because there's so much stuff yes. uh, I want to talk about. I'll give my really quick plug uh, next Sunday on April 14th, once I'm all better. Um, I'm going to be speaking to the Triangle Free Thought Society in North Carolina. Oh, dope. This is by Chapel Hill. So if you're in the area, come check it out. I'll post that information on the show notes. Uh, okay, there's. Let's talk about for what for me was kind of the strangest change. Sorry, uh, James Earl Jones left. Yeah. Now it's Peter Brady. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's. The, you can make fun of me the entire episode here. You know I will. <clears throat> the Mormon Church. Yeah. Has oh, yeah. decided to make a huge change, and here's kind of the background on this. So in 2015, um, they announced this new policy that said two big things. If you are in a same-sex marriage, you were committing an act of apostasy, mm-hmm. which is like a pretty grave sin. You could be punishable by uh, church officials. Mm-hmm. And then the one that really got to people was that they said children of gay parents mm-hmm. uh, could not get baptized unless they basically disavowed their parents who were in that same-sex marriage. Yeah, okay. So... This is what they implemented a few years ago. This was Thomas Monson, who was the head of the church. Mm -hmm. He has died since, but this was a revelation from, you know, Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. And so... It's like when he changed his mind about black people (laughs) in the 1970s. That's exactly right. Like, it's it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, I'm sure God talked to you. All right, whatever. Um, But after they announced this policy change, Mm -hmm. one of the things that happened was that a whole bunch of people who are maybe on the brink of leaving Mormonism Mm -hmm. are like, yeah, you've pushed me over the edge. So there were protests, like mass protests in Salt Lake City, Mm -hmm. people submitting their resignations. If you remember people talking about like resignations in the church and like a lawyer helping them with the process, that all happened in the wake of this policy. And so... What happened this week is that they said, hey, guess what? We've decided to change God the policy. God checked back in with me. Right. And he was like, oh, my God, you so misunderstood me. LOL. Typos. Right. <laughs> and they said, my this big is, dumb thumbs. <laughs> this is a policy change. It's not a doctrinal change. Oh. Whatever the difference is. But basically what they say is, look, if you're a child of a gay couple, mm-hmm. you could still be blessed and baptized. You don't need to, like, check in with anyone mm-hmm. to get approval first. Um, And basically, we're removing the label of apostasy for gay couples. We still don't support marriage equality uh, and God's frowning on you. We're not going to help you. We're just not going to kick you in the face. Right, pretty much. And so this is their big change. And like the storylines I've heard are like, well, that's good. They're a little less gay, anti-gay than they were like yesterday. Yeah. But... They're still pretty anti-gay. Yeah, like, let's not give them, like, let's not trip over ourselves to give them too much credit. Like, this is still 25 years over. I mean, it's infinitely overdue, but, like, it's it's not like they're all of a sudden breaking into, like, these really progressive things. It's They're doing the literal bare min- minimum yeah. not to be monsters. And the more cynical people that I've seen are all responding like, what the hell must be going on with their internal numbers? Oh, yeah. Where they're like, we need to change this fast because, or we need to get God to talk to us right now 
because all these people are leaving church over this one issue, and we got to, like, plug the leak back up. But isn't it funny how it all kind of comes down to, like, a sort of capitalistic enterprise? Because, like, I work in a nonprofit, so our, our, our thing is all about, like, our membership and our numbers and keeping our numbers up in attendance. And it's no difference, different from them of they... Uh, they have to keep their buildings up and they have to pay their staff. So they're like, shit, people aren't donating. All right, let's right. take a breakdown of what we're doing. Except for like, they have the caveat of like, well, we did already tell them that God told us all these things. So anything we change, we sort of have to tiptoe around and like really couch. You know what I it's mean? It's like, amazing how God always wants them to change in the direction of wherever society is yeah, going. It's wild. I would be, you know what? If, <laughs> if God came in and was like, Actually, I think segregation was the right way to go. Do right. you think that the Mormons would be like, okay, we're going back to segregation? Yeah, like, yeah. clearly the society is super going to be chill with this. <laughs> and even Mormon, practicing Mormons like practicing Catholics, yeah. they hold views that are not necessarily the same as mm-hmm. those of the church leaders. Mm-hmm. And so, like, gay marriage, not a huge problem for a lot of Mormons, even if the church officially mm-hmm. says you shouldn't be uh, gay married, you shouldn't. <laughs> You know, have sex with someone of the same gender. Oh, no. God just called me. He said child labor should come back. (laughs) Kids are too soft these days. Cool, God. I'm going to send my six-year-old to the salt mines. Yeah. Like, they always, they're always progressive, huh? They don't, they don't backpedal that often. I guess the abortion thing was backpedaling. Because that was, like, a hundred years ago, abortion wasn't what we consider I mean, the funny thing is there are so many examples, specifically of the Mormon church saying, this is the revelation we have until that becomes like really uncool in right. society, and then suddenly the revelation changes. Maybe God's getting woke too, you know? Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, so here's the question: Is this a good thing or a bad thing for the Mormon Church? I don't know. It's a thing. It's slowing its demise into nothing. Now. Like it's. I think all churches are going to continue to shrink and become less influential than they were. 10 years ago or 50 years ago, they can slow it. But I, I mean, I do think there's a floor they're going to hit. I think there are people who will always be Mormons right. and I don't know, obviously I'm, I don't know where that floor is, but like, yeah, they're digging their heels in and trying to hold on to relevance. I'm but. really curious if anyone who left the church after 2015 or who decided, you know, I, I want nothing to do with these people. Do they come back now? Do they say, well, now the church is, in the right place on these issues. Um, I'm very curious. I haven't heard any of these stories yet, but I wonder if any of the people who resigned have will now decide to come back. I don't think they will, because I think once you leave and you realize, oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah. I didn't need the church. I can't imagine they would suddenly come back. Um, I could see a small segment. Like, the segment I have in my head is, like, kids who wouldn't go to temple with their parents because of that maybe this is like the tipping point they needed to like be peer pressured by their parents to come in uh, that i mean i can't yeah i i completely agree i don't think many people i mean statistically just most people who leave a church stay out it's not unheard of that people right. refine god or whatever but but not the story we hear very frequently right. It's a story, but it doesn't... I, I'm very curious if this will have any impact, because they seem to think it'll have an impact. The oh, church sure. does. Well, but the other thing is it's a man bites dog story, right? Like, you, he, you, don't, you don't necessarily hear headlines of, like, every individual person who decides to leave the church, but one person comes back, right. and they're like, look at everybody. Right. John Smithson is coming back, finally. Right. So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, 
So, okay, let's move to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So here's the story. In 2014, the governor of Mississippi decided to make a change to the state seal, which is, you know, the logo that appears in all these documents. And he wanted it to say, in God we trust. And that Mm, change passed in 2014. Cool. And then in uh, last year, he's like, oh, hey, guess what? The new license plates, we're going to put the state seal on it. It's not to, it has nothing to do with God. We're just putting the state mm-hmm. seal on the uh, on the default license plate that every this is the background of your license sure. plate that everyone gets. Like we have Abraham Lincoln on ours. Like right. it's just the it's just the background. No one even notices it anymore, really, because mm-hmm. um, you're you have your numbers and letters on it, whatever. But the background now will this last May he said the default license plate will say "In God We Trust" because it has the state seal on it, and that officially went into effect this year. So the American human... Oh, by the way, and what this means is if you want a different license plate, mm-hmm. one that doesn't have God on it, mm-hmm. you have to pay extra money for it because there's only the one default license plate and it's a religious one. Yeah. So the American Humanist Association wrote a letter to Mississippi officials this week saying this raises a bunch of constitutional concerns Mm -hmm. because you're basically saying if you want a secular license plate, which ought to be the government's default position, you got to pay a tax on it, basically. You got to pay a penalty. Um, And what American Human Association is asking for is they're saying you need to make some secular license plate available for free to anyone who wants it. Um, now they sent that letter last year. Oh. <laughs> um, they never heard back. So the AHA sent another letter this time around, like this week, uh, to is different officials. Like? That is what it looks like, the license plate. And basically saying, hey, this is your final warning, mm-hmm. saying, look, n- they're not like messing around here. They're saying your law about the default license plate violates the First Amendment rights of atheists. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot force motorists to display an ideological message mm-hmm. that they deem unacceptable. And again, the American Humanist Association is not saying you can't have this license plate. Sure. But if people you don't need- want to promote God on their cars, uh, you got to give an alternative. And there's some, like Mississippi, in some news reports and whatnot, they've said, whatever, in God we trust is on the money. And everyone knows that's legal. Yeah. Like any court has said that. But um, AHA basically said it's not a fair analogy because money is something that no one really thinks about, like the wording on it. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. It's just mm. um, it's a Something that's attached stamp. to you in any meaningful way. Yeah. Um, no mm. one's going to say, oh, you use paper dollars. Mm-hmm. You must believe in God. No one's going to do that. They're arguing, American Human Association, is arguing that a license plate is more personal. Mm-hmm. It is your car. They assume that whatever is on there, whether it's a bumper sticker, a license, like your personalized vanity plate or whatever, right. is something you're promoting. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same thing. And so they're saying you can't fall back on that legal argument. Um, and they're basically saying if you don't change this, we are going to file a lawsuit over this in no uncertain terms. Mm-hmm. So that's the situation in Mississippi right now. It would not be hard for them to just fix this by making a default plate available right. for free, but they're not going to do that. Because all they would have to do is drop that. Se- so like yeah, license plate the says, seal off. it's like any American license plate says a state across the top and then in the middle. And just the, the sample they have is like 
three letters, four numbers. In theory, if you spaced out the numbers in a certain way, it would be co- it would cover the seal, which is kind of in the center. It would cover the seal. It would technically not cover in God We Trust. Right. I don't, but, but, but yeah, like it would only take dropping that seal out of there and just having a yeah, plane. You could it totally be a do license plate, but like, yeah, that's least of my concerns. Um, the Lieutenant Governor of Mississippi, Tate Reeves, <laughs> posted this on Facebook. Um, and it's always the same conservative Christian BS here. An out of state activist atheist organization uh-huh. is trying to force Mississippi to change our license plates, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? In Mississippi, we do trust God. Yep. Like, no, what? You can't mm, say that. No. And also, like, he says they're out of state, as if, like, a Mississippi organization that said the same thing, he would totally listen to them. Right. Like, no, you right. just are looking for any excuse to dismiss them. Um, it's not going to work in court. Um, but I am curious how far the AHA takes this, and I'm curious why. I mean, again, I don't think Mississippi is going to change what they're doing. No. They're going to fight this. Right. But it's a stupid fight. It is. A stu- like, it's one of those, it's, it's on the long list of things that, like, ugh, I hate being dragged into this because this is, it should have been such a non-thing to happen, but their stubbornness forces the hands of the AHA because, like, that's what they do. They make sure that everybody's represented and people are purposefully excluded by this. And it, it is a, and it is a small thing. This isn't something that I would like, this is not the hill I would personally die on, but it is just a really good example of these, like the death by a thousand cuts thing, right? Of these, all these little things set up, not only just make sure that religion is always part of your life, no matter what, but it also sets up this precedent of, well, and it says that on our money, and it says this on this. And that, so why are you bothered that it says in God we trust on our public schools? Right. Well, all that stuff did bother me. But if I didn't say any and if I didn't say anything about those little things, I it's harder to fight the big things. Right. All the more reason to keep fighting as soon as it happens, right. even though some people are gonna say it's petty. Yeah. But like this is how it, Which, it yeah. just snowballs. Um, did you know Chicago has a new mayor? Yeah, congratulations, Chicago. <laughs> right. Pretty exciting, a lot of barriers broken. So Lori Lightfoot mm-hmm. is a black woman. Uh-huh. She's a lesbian. Uh-huh. She's an outsider politically. So a lot of big reasons people were celebrating that victory. Um, there is a conservative radio host named Jesse Lee Peterson, who we have talked about a few times have we? on this podcast. We have. Is he Chicago-based? He is so not. Oh, okay. I was um, going to say, <laughs> if it's not man cow, then I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he is basically like a self-hating black guy who thinks all white people are his saviors. Oh, no. Um, so anyway. Buddy. He, you knew he was going to get really pissed off by Lori Lightfoot's victory. Uh-huh. But I did not see where he was going until he finally said it. Okay. I've read this headline and yeah. I purposely didn't click on it because uh-huh. I really wanted you to tell me. About sure. It. Uh, he says the reason she won, uh, obviously it's horrible because yeah, she's yeah. a lesbian. It's a nightmare. But the reason this is happening. But like the runoff was between two black women. I want to yeah. be clear about that. Yeah. It's not like there was like a white dude that lost out. Right. The white dudes lost out in the primary. Right. Um, he said the reason this happened is, quote, there are more women voting and they are voting for the wrong things. Mm. And the reason they're doing it is because they don't have men oh. to say, no, don't vote for that person. That's oh. wrong. And here's why it's wrong. They don't have men leading the way. And then women have convinced the men to vote for the homosexuals and other people. Wait, 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 wait. So not 
So not only do women not ha- have men leading their way, but they have done a 180. Now they're bossing men around, yeah. like real bossy bitches. Yeah. Yeah. And How dare women... You. I mean, he's not wrong. I feel like women have always been more sympathetic to like the LGBTQ cause because we're generally not monsters as men are, as we all know, as Fair. has been established by this very podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, that is... Wow, it's just a lot to unpack, but I think instead we should just throw the suitcase out. The <laughs> what the fuck is, is we talking about? Lightfoot got about 75% of the vote. Uh-huh. Even if no women voted for her, like she still would have probably won this. Yeah, she, I think she won every... Um, every ward. Every ward. In the city. Which is so wild. I did follow that, that terribly closely, but <laughs> yikes. Yeah. So I'm like, what's the worst possible take you could have on her victory? It's not even a bad take. It's a nonsensical take. And why does he care about the mayor of Chicago? It's not like (laughs) we'll ever have like a Republican mayor. Like fucking bump the brakes, my good dude. Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) Let's. Okay. Here's another big story that happened this week. Okay. So a few weeks ago, the Supreme Court basically said there was a Muslim man who was going to be executed um, and he wanted a Muslim religious leader by his side. Okay. And the Supreme Court said, for whatever technical reasons, no, like, you're going to die without that person by your side. And people kind of, the, the reaction to that decision was pretty bad. That's not great. Yeah. And so a couple weeks later, they had to make a similar decision because another guy who was about to be executed wanted a Buddhist priest by his side. And this time, the Supreme Court said, you know what? Like, it's wrong for Texas. Texas basically said the guy can be in, like, the waiting room where you can watch the execution. Uh He can't be in the chambers with you. I'm sorry. I don't know, President, on this. Would a priest or a pastor normally allowed to be allowed to be? Christian pastor or something would be allowed in there. And they said, for whatever reason, no, uh, to this guy with his request for a Buddhist and uh, you, I'm, I'm very, very, very curious if there was like a technicality, like if it was like a clearance thing or something like that. There's a little bit. Or was of, it literally just, no, because there's a little not, bit of technicalities. Like the, the guy who wanted, uh, I think, the Muslim uh, imam by his side. Uh-huh. I think they said like he had made his request too late, but oh. he also didn't realize he couldn't have it by his side, the person by his side. Right. So, like, yeah, he had to make it late because he didn't realize it would be an issue. Right. This Buddhist, the guy who wanted the Buddhist priest by his side, made it in time. They just said no. Ooh, and so that's this, not great. So this time the Supreme Court said, you can delay the execution a little bit, and Texas needs to fix the situation. Even Brett Kavanaugh was, like, denying the same right to inmates of other religions is denominational discrimination. Mm-hmm. So that's the right decision from a like religious equality standpoint. Right. But he left it to the state to figure out how to make this right. So the sensible thing... And the guy's already dead, right? No, he's not dead yet. They delayed his execution. Oh. Um, and okay. they said... making it right feels like a super easy thing to do. Seriously. And so all Texas would have had to do is to say, yeah, you can have your Buddhist priest in the room with you, mm-hmm. and then we'll kill you. And again, this is going beyond the arguments about the death penalty for or against. Just yep. right. For the record, so, I'm really anti-death penalty. I want to make sure I'm on the record there. Yeah, me too. And again, what did Texas do after receiving this ruling from the Supreme Court? They 
lost the memo and <laughs> killed the guy. Got sh- he got they shipped him. They did not allow the guy to bring a Buddhist in the room. They said we've instituted a new rule. Oh, fuck me. All religious leaders will have to be outside the execution chamber. Are you fucking kidding, Texas? Jesus Christ. Yeah. So all the chaplains and whatnot will have to be in the viewing room. They can't be next to you. I mean, look, the people who, let's assume they did the crimes they are guilty of. Sure. Listen, the- like, this is not a place to argue about what somebody deserves when they're going to die. Right. But, like, that is taking your ball and going home in the like, finest you, sense. Yeah, you can't have your... Just to give you the slight peace of mind before we execute you, we're not going to give you that either. That person has to watch from a distance. So, like, it is technically religiously neutral now. Well, I will believe that when the next Christian person who requests <laughs> yeah, a pastor, right. I will believe it's religiously neutral then. Like, how did you find a way to make the death penalty more <laughs> cruel? I don't know. Jesus. But, yeah, so there's Texas for you. That's their new policy now, just to stick it to the Buddhist guy. Ay, ay, ay. So, so um, the Violence Against Women Act. Hammett, how much do you know about the Violence Against Women Act? Um, I, I don't want violence against women. Oh, my God, you're so brave. I'm woke. <laughs> uh, so part of the Violence Against Women Act, um, it restricts gun ownership to specifically men, but I presume it's anybody who has a history of domestic violence. Now, if you've been paying attention to the mass shootings that have happened in the last uh, decade or so, one of the main, well, two, two main um, through lines that you'll see through all of these mass shootings is generally it's a white man between, I don't know the age actually, but usually it's a white dude. But like as frequently or more frequently, they almost always have a history of violence against women. They have a history of domestic abuse. And for whatever reason, we as a country have decided that domestic abuse occupies sort of a different space. From, like, if I went out in the street and punched somebody in the face, I would be arrested immediately. If I punch my husband in the face in the privacy of my own home, it's my fucking right, and people aren't going to interfere because they don't want to get a part of my marriage. It's a simplistic way of, doing, of saying that, but generally that's it. Anyway, so... Um, Good news is that the Violence Against Women Act did pass, which is great. In the House. In the House. But 157 Republicans voted against that, along with a, uh, a Democrat, uh, Colin Peterson from Minnesota. We got our eyes on you, Colin. <laughs> did he give a reason? Um, well, no. I mean, I, he may have given a reason. I didn't read it. I don't care about it. Um, but... Essentially, most people are citing pressure from the NRA that they're pushing it to oppose it because um, they said, quote, a warning. uh, They warned that a vote in favor of the bill would be reflected in their NRA rating. So everybody was bending over backwards to please the NRA as per usual and made a really cool vote about how we don't care about women in this country. And the Senate's not even going to bother voting on it because it's the Senate. Yeah. And it's the Republicans. Everything's great. So, no yay, violence here. against women is still a thing. Yay. <laughs> Nobody cares. Women are half people. Good story. Good story. Thank you so um, much. Okay. Um, in North Dakota, okay. they have South invocations. Canada. Yes, they have invocations, religious ones, before their meetings. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that occurred this week was there's the, a Hindu activist named Rajan Zed. He seems, he's been popping up for like 10 years, and okay. he's always giving invocations in random parts of the country. Oh. Just pops up. Can um, he do that? I thought he had to like live in the... I don't know. Nah, it doesn't nah, matter. Go ahead. He, 
Like, he has some also, he said some things I don't like, but whatever. When he's giving an invocation, he's allowed to give an invocation. Mm -hmm. And in this case, he went by the book. He was doing everything right. Um, In any case, he gave the invocation in the North Dakota State House Monday morning. Uh There was nothing wrong with it, as far as I can tell. It was just a standard religious invocation. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, like, Republican Congress uh, members of the legislature in North Dakota... Several of them stood in the back of the room, like, how dare this non-Christian speak here, (laughs) Uh which is weird, but also, I don't care. That's their right. They don't have to listen to it. They don't have to like it. Mm -hmm. They were quiet, and they were standing in the back. So, whatever. Fine. Another guy, though, didn't just stand in the back. Um, He said to reporters later that the state's constitution does not refer to a Hindu god. It refers to the one true god. As if that was a reason that his invocation was a problem. Because he wasn't praying to the right God. Sure, sure, Not sure, Not sure, he sure, prays sure. to a different one, and I don't personally share those beliefs. Just, no, he was wrong, so I'm going to stand in the back. Okay, so... And he also said, like, I accept him, but I don't want to be compelled to pray to a false god. This is Jeff Hoverson. I don't Hoverson. think he's compelling anybody he's to pray. He's not. And again, what do you think happens when you're praying to a Christian god all those other 99% of the times? <laughs> like, the rest of us have to hear that bullshit. It's yeah, like, it's... Uh, what does he mean? This st- So there's laws, I assume, referring to... God, capital G God in the Probably. North Dakota, something, something. Like an invocation is supposed to pay respect to a higher power or what have you. Oh, I see. And he's just like, well, the higher power he believes in isn't the mine. wrong Therefore, one. like if he had just said, I'm not Hindu. This is what another guy said. Um, I'm not Hindu. So out of respect, I just stood to the back. Okay, fine. Like, all right. Uh, yeah, that's not my favorite reaction, but it's not, right. the, it's not disruptive. Right. Uh, but no, this guy went even further and he's like, nope, that guy was praying to the wrong God. That was the problem here. Yikes, on bikes, <clears throat> Another reason to just get rid of invocations completely. And can you imagine if someone said, well, they're praying to like Jesus, so I'm going to stand in the back because they're talking about the wrong higher power. Right. Like imagine what their reaction would be then. Yeah, and it's so funny because they say, and I guess whatever, if he's leaning on the... Um, um, on the state constitution or whatever, they say, like, it makes sense. But it's so funny because that's what we say. Like, you're not praying to a God that I believe. And they're like... Right. Right. Atheists are too Did you know there is now a humanist in Congress? Officially. Who? Yeah. So Jared Huffman, like, a couple years ago now, came out and said, I'm a humanist. I don't believe in a higher power. Where is he from? Uh, he's from California. He's a Democrat, of <laughs> I'm course. Sorry, I don't know why I asked. Why would you even bother? <laughs> but here's the thing. So he came out in like 2017, and he said, "I I don't believe in the higher power. I'm a humanist, a lowercase h." Uh-huh. But he's like, "Whatever. I don't care what you call yourself." He was basically saying he doesn't believe in God. Yeah. And there was no one else saying that in Congress. Cool. And then this year, after the the blue wave elections of 2018, the Pew Research Center, every two years, they publish a list of here's all the members of Congress, here's their religious breakdown. And if you look at that list, they'd say unaffiliated, Uh one. And that one is Senator, now Senator, Kirsten Sinema, who basically says, I don't want to talk about this with you. (laughs) So she's listed as a nun. And that's all, like, whatever, I have my own issues with that. Mm-hmm. But, okay, there's one. Where did, where's Huffman? Where's he on this list? He yeah. came out as a humanist before this survey, so what the hell? And at the time, Pew said, we know he said that, 
but our data is compiled from a survey. Yeah, that makes and sense. He didn't fill out the survey. I mean, that totally makes sense. Of like, they can't just like grab a soundbite. Right, right. So it's like Huffman, you have one job for me. <laughs> Why didn't you? Why didn't you fill out you the damn thing? Help us for eight seconds. I know. Um, like you make this big announcement, but like then you don't put it on paper. <laughs> it's like you're not helping. Specifically, the survey that they're talking about is the Congressional Quarterly Roll Call Questionnaire. It's quarterly? Quarterly. Congressional Quarterly puts out a publication oh. every few months. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. And they basically say <laughs> it's one of those things that <laughs> I wasn't reading it, so I thought it was the Congressional <coughs> Quarterly oh, Roll gotcha. Call, not yeah, the yeah. Congressional Quarterly yeah. Roll Call. CQ Roll Call. And they put out a publication called Congress at Your Fingertips, which is like one of those if you're in Capitol Hill or you work on Capitol Hill, uh-huh. it's like the yearbook of here's who, everyone <laughs> there, their picture, here's their main staff. And it gives you the very brief essential bio of every member of Congress. Uh-huh. And this is where Pew Research gets their data from because it's like the official record. Right. Because you got to fill it out for the roll call. Right. Right. And so finally, they just published the latest edition of Congress at Your Fingertips. And this time, Jared Huffman's entry says humanist with a capital H. Oh. With a capital H, whether he likes it or not. (laughs) Like just a grammatical thing. Yeah, it's just grammatical at this point. But whatever. It's the technicalityist. We got you. But this means one of us, one of us. Yeah, this means that uh, next or 2021, whenever the next batch is inaugurated, assuming he's still in office, which yeah. he probably will be, um, there will finally be a humanist on the list. Hey, hey. finally, baby steps, but there's still very, steps. very baby steps. Um, do you want me to? Okay, this story will piss you off oh to no God. end, but it's important. Um, I'm really glad we decided to have a glass of wine today. I know. Um, in Arizona, they have a special number you can call if you need like information about anything. So it's is it four one one because that exists everywhere. It's two, I hate to break it to you, Arizona. You didn't invent four one one. It's two one one, and basically, it's if you need help paying your bills, they direct you to resources that can help with that. If you need shelter or clothes, they will oh, direct okay. you to those resources. I'm into this. Yeah. If you need a rehab center because you're addicted, they'll point you to the right places. Um, all of this is well and good. It only has, it used to have 19 employees funded by the state, obviously, uh-huh. as a state service. They're now down to three. Mm. And they only have <laughs> a budget of $300,000 from the state. Um, and so there's, I assume this is a 24-hour line? I, I think it is, or something like Yikes. that, maybe. That's, those are three busy motherfuckers then, huh? I don't know if it's 24 hours, but it's only three people. So there was a bill this year, a funding bill, that would appropriate $1.5 million okay. to that program, allowing them to hire more people. Okay. All well and good, All right. right? Before you drop yes. the hammer on me, I assume it's being <coughs> protested and God, I'm going to try to guess. Yeah, please do. What am I right that somebody is against? Someone it? is against the funding here. Is it okay? I think I know it, and I feel really confident. In this final yes. answer is yes, because this they don't um, direct people to Christian services. That is not the reason. Was that uh, close? Eh, maybe that was a good guess, um, though, right? They Educated have, guess. Close enough. You can say nice things point. about me. I'll sometimes. give you a point. Um, they had nearly 1 million calls in 2018, nearly 1 million total calls Jesus. in 2018. And three of them asked, can you give me a referral? Like, where can I call if I need to get an abortion? 
And so they oh, looked at their records. Fucking asshole. And they literally, this is it? yeah, they literally said like they're not saying go get one. They're saying, oh, you need that information. The nearest clinic by you is this place. Here's their phone number. Do whatever you need. I don't know why you can't Google that, but there you go. Um, three. That is, if you're asking, point zero 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 three percent of the calls that were made to two one one in Arizona. So anyway, the person who's opposing this over the fact that they offered abortion information is not even a legislator. It's, what? It's the lobbyist for a group called the Center for Arizona Policy, which is a Christian group. Uh, Kathy Herod is her name. Kathy? She, she's one of these people who's a, a powerful conservative Christian lobbyist in the state, and she's saying her group won't support the bill unless it's amended to block operators from helping women from see, who seek abortion services. Basically, she's going to tell all the conservatives, my group won't support you if you support this bill. Um, and her argument is, Arizona policy promotes life. That policy prohibits any taxpayer funding of abortion. They're not paying for the abortion here. Um, <laughs> so These heartless assholes. Yeah. If so- <laughs> I think And by the way, uh, one local reporter said if Herod isn't happy with 211, its chances of funding being restored are essentially zilch. Strike that, this reporter goes on. Its chances are zilch without her okay. Not essentially. This will not pass if she's not in favor of it because she has that much power over the government. That doesn't feel like how democracy is supposed uh-huh. to work. So, mind you, she's so pro life that she wants the other ninety nine point nine nine percent of people seeking help because they're low income. Yeah, they won't have access to the service because she didn't like the three women asked for something that they could have Googled or something like that. Like in a sensible world, every legislator would be like, "Who cares what you have to say? Because your your argument here is stupid." And we'll fund this because it's an important and service. And nobody fucking elected you, lady. Yeah, that too. Um, but they I don't know what the outcome is here. They may very well cave in and amend the bill so that they explicitly ban the, the operators from offering... Like, I don't know what you say to the women who called then. Sorry we can't help you. Tough shit. Yeah. Hope you're having a crisis all on your own with nobody to support you because you have a lot of good things going on and I'd hate to make anything easier for you, yeah. woman who's dealing with an unexpected and unwanted pregnancy. No, fuck this. No, these heartless assholes have never... They're called Christians. ...never been in a position where they were forced to make this kind of decision, a decision that would change their entire life and almost certainly not for the better. This is this heartless view of abortion is necessarily bad is fucking garbage. It is the decision to have a kid should not be taken lightly and it should not be gone into if you, if your best resource is calling 211 maybe you don't have the resources to raise a kid by yourself Yeah. and who the fuck knows what else? like I just, it's just it's unforgivable women who are, the women who are anti-choice and who throw their weight around like this are the fucking worst kind of women. I have some shit to say now. Uh-huh. Actually, I want to hear your take on this. Yes. Because it seems... Uh, so actually, this was sent over to us by um, 
somebody follows us on Twitter whose name is uh, at Defcracker, D-E-F-C-R-A-C-K-E-R. I like it. Yep. Um, thank you for sharing that this with us. Um, so I, I kind of skimmed through it and I was putting it in my notes and then I sort of got to the end and was confused and I would like to hear your take on this. So there's a, a boy who's terminally ill. Um, he has something called um, tub, uh, tuberous sclerosis. Got it. Whew, man, people are not going to... People are not going to think I'm very smart after listening to this episode. <laughs> I've had a long week. Um, so his diagnosis with this at uh, four months old, it causes more than 100 tumors to grow in his brain. Um, so now he's seven. His name is Jackson. Um, and his mother is said it, it's terminal. He's going to succumb, succumb to it at some point. But he went to the hospital, as I'm sure he must spend a lot of time doing, tragically. Um, he went to the UC Davis Medical Center um, and because he was having seizures. Um, and while he was there, he um, had been exposed to a viral infection during his stay. So doctors told her that, the, that an unvaccinated girl who was overseas had caught the measles. Um, so Dr. Dean Bloomberg, the chief pediatric infectious disease at uh, UC Davis, he said the girl was treated in the same, e- uh, in the same ER, and sh- there was about an hour separating this, this unvaccinated girl and Jackson. Um, and because of that, there was poten- potentially still the measles virus in the air. And so the mom, I think understandably, like, flipped the fuck out. And, I mean, was just like, my my ill child who has the worst lot in life, you're going to make it worse by being irresponsible and not getting vaccinated or vaccinating your kids. Um, so, but the, so the doctor said that um, Bloomberg didn't know... Oh, so when, when the girl went into the hospital, it wasn't known whether or not she had measles. Like, it takes a long time to diagnose because it's not okay. as common. Um, but once they figured it out... But... But it, it was like days after until they they figured it out. So, do you think this mom is so? Essentially, the bullet points are: this kid was exposed to the measles vaccine. The measles yeah. didn't necessarily contract it. Do you think the mom is correct in like raging? Though, like she clearly has like talked to news organizations and things like that. Do you think she's justified in saying yes? Okay, I do too. Yeah. I mean, if your kid's not vaccinated, everyone in that ER needs to know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, this is the whole, if your kid's not vaccinated, they should not be in public spaces. Which, yeah, hospitals are a fucking tricky... Like, again, even if you're in a hospital and you're sick with whatever, they isolate you pretty badly. Yeah. Like, to the point where, like, I've been in the hospital for my kid. It wasn't anything serious, but, like, we were there, Mm -hmm. and he was sick. And, like... If you are entering the room, put on all this hazmat right. type of stuff. Right. Or if you leave, like, make sure you are following these protocols. Mm-hmm. And he was, vac- like, it wasn't that issue. But their only concern is they're like, look, we have a lot of kids here. You all have different things. We're trying to make sure it's as sanitary and safe for everybody. Right. So do the following stuff. Right. And for this mother of the kid with measles to just bring her into the ER, granted, maybe the kid needed it. But if she wasn't vaccinated, then everyone needs protection from this kid. Yeah. And if and like, I hope that's kind of the next... And I think it's clearly becoming the next step in a couple states, but not just 
oh, if your kid isn't vaccinated, they can't go to public school or whatever. It is, there's, I cannot think of the state off the top of my head. You might know it that says like, your kid can't be in public spaces if uh, they are not vaccinated. We talked about this last week. Did we? It, it feels yeah. like a Delaware I, yeah. or like a Vermont, like one of those Northeastern states. I just made those up. I'm sure they're wrong. But, I mean, this feels like the next step because anti-vaxxers have made the world unsafe enough that measles are seeing a huge resurgence in a way that's really, really dangerous. And short of people, like, fucking knocking down doors and giving kids shots in their home, I don't know how else we can, we can fix this. Because if people are going to cling to their ignorance over science and over common sense, then it seems like there's not a lot else we can do besides take away. It's like sending a kid to, your, to their room. Like, okay, yeah, you can be an asshole, but you have to be an asshole in your room, and I don't want to put up with it. Right. I assume that's how parenting is. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Daddy, we're not going to bark right <laughs> now, actually. Uh, okay. I got... Good girl. I got a couple more, and then I'm done. But, okay. Uh, Liberty University. Someone brought this to my attention earlier this week. Um, or uh, brought to one, the attention of one of my writers. Uh, Liberty University, the Jerry Falwell School, mm-hmm. they, like every other university, they have a place where students can report Title IX violations. Mm-hmm. So these are gender-related issues, maybe sexual harassment, maybe something else. And what they have on Liberty's website, if you go to their Title IX page, mm-hmm. they have a bunch of links uh, to help women out or whoever needs that, like you need to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. here's who you should talk to. One of the links is for trained advisors. Um, okay, they have three advisors at the school who you could talk to, whether it's athletic or academic or mm-hmm. general school campus stuff. All right, fine. There's no issue here right now. Here's the issue. On that form where they list the trained advisors, Uh they have Liberty University's logo at the top. And underneath, they have a tagline. And the tagline is, you report, we decide. What? And remember Fox News years ago. Their slogan was, we report, you decide. And it was always kind of winky-winky because, like, your reporting is one-sided. Well, so no, it's we, fair and balanced. So let's right? not pretend. And that even fair and balanced, it's like they're not really fair and balanced. They're saying it tongue in cheek almost. Yeah. Um, we report, you decide. So for liberty to say to women who may have experienced sexual harassment and are trying to report it, you report, we decide. It's almost like we don't give a shit what you have to say. We're not taking it seriously. That's the Im- like impression that they're giving off, whether or not they did that intentionally or not. Um, after kind of listening to what we've talked about today, I'm starting to get the impression that a lot of people don't care about violence against women. Uh, no, no. That, but that can't be right because women are more than half the population. It does not and matter. we're human beings who deserve. This is false. But we deserve like equal no, rights and equal protection. Deserve. <laughs> so, um, like again, Christian colleges <laughs> don't always have a good track record for handling sexual harassment. You don't say. Yeah. I mean, and plenty of secular schools do not either. Yeah. But the fact here where they're like, we want you to report it to us, but by the way, we may not take you seriously. <laughs> like, what is that, that is all about? That is whack. I hate that. So weird. All right. I've got two short stories. Do you have any left? Uh, yeah, Give I got one, one more. I'll finish this up. Uh, only because it made me laugh. On Laura Ingraham's show on Fox News Channel, 
She had a guest, a gender relations professor. Okay. This is on her podcast, actually. Um, She's a podcast? <clears throat> of course. Step off our turf. I know. Uh, the guy's name is Dr. Paul Nathanson. And what he said <laughs> is that he was trashing transgender people, um, which is not news, but it's it's a specific quotation that just seemed... Uh, I'll forego the whole he's dismissing trans people in general. Yeah. Doesn't even think it's a real thing. Yeah. But here's the line. I think that the trans people have taken it one step further because by abandoning gender altogether, uh, not just rewriting it, well, okay. they are basically trying to use social engineering to create a new species. <laughs> and the thing is, what? the way... <laughs> The way he talks about it, <laughs> he said. He said later, like they're using. What does that mean? He said later they're using medical and other technologies <laughs> to create a new species. Like there's a word called transhumanism, which involves using technology to like as part of ourselves. Um, that is a real word that's been around for a long time. I get the feeling the word transhumanism, he confused with transgender. Um, And he seriously thinks transgender people are trying to use, like, robots as part of who they are. (laughs) Like, it just... Everything about this suggests he has no idea what he's talking about. First of all, I laughed so hard, Dottie had to crawl into my lap to check me out. She's very concerned about me. Yes. Um, He even... Laura Ingraham's like, and the new species will be looking like what? And the guy said, I think human and part machine. To which Ingraham said, part machine. Hmm. (laughs) Like, none of these people have any clue that he's talking about something else Oh, sure. You said said machine? Yeah, that tracks. I've heard of machines. All trans people are now robots is, I think, what he's getting at. Listen, I think if anybody... If anybody deserves to be part robot, it's trans people because they need to defend themselves <laughs> against cis monsters like us. Yeah. <laughs> part machine, huh? Yeah. Yep. God, I hate to tell them about my mother-in-law's knee replacement because she's already <laughs> part machine and she's cis. Shit yep. is going faster than he can even imagine. Yes. All the old people are part machine. Oh, that's how the baby boomers are going to get us. <laughs> They're all mostly titanium at this point. Yeah. By the way, it said on our podcast, or he was introduced as a gender relations professor. He's a religious studies professor. Oh, you don't fucking say. I know. What? You mean somebody from Fox News lied, Hammett? I can't yeah. believe it, and I won't hear it. <laughs> wow. He, he thinks they're transhumanists. That's a lot. I have two more things I want to talk about, and yes. then we can go. Save me. Don't let Dottie... Call on your lap. Save me. Um, this is just a quick thing about how vaccines are good and work. Hey, UK, you guys are doing great. Keep it up. Um, over the last decade, uh, schoolgirls across the UK have routinely received, received the HPV vaccine when they're um, 12 or 13. Um, Scotland, those uh, the uptake of, of the vaccine in Scotland is about 90%. Um, hey, guess what happened? Did it work? They found the vaccine has led to a 90% pre- cut in precancerous cells. It worked. So it worked. Vaccines sound like a good thing. Yeah, it sounds like a thing everybody should do. Um, oh, also, so they they made this vaccine to knock out two types of um, HPV, and uh, all of those cause 80% of precancerous conditions. 
Instead, it didn't do exactly what they wanted. Um, it found they found that it knocks another three types out as well, which means it eliminates almost thirty percent of cervical precancer in Scotland. So, yay vaccine! If anybody has like a couch for me to crouch on in Scotland or the UK, I'm fucking there. Can yes. I bring my dog? <laughs> Um, the last thing, because we really haven't dunked on Trump that much in this episode, which is really not my jam. Like, I yes. like to make sure we're keeping it fresh. Yes. By making fun of our doofus of a president. Yes. <laughs> what stupid. <laughs> he was thing. having a, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't a podcast, it was a rally. And he, cl- so, okay. The fact that this is just so indicative of the fact that we're living in a fucking post-truth society because he just says shit and everyone's like, sure, sounds good. Like, townspeople in a play, like, "Uh uh-huh, that sounds good. Or at least repeat the claims without saying, no, he's full of it. Um, So Trump was, um, (laughs) like Don Quixote, Trump is anti-windmills. Quote, if you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations, your house just went down 75% in value. Holy shit, that's a lot, Hemet. Uh-huh. And they say, they, question mark? Nobody knows. Um, They say the noise causes cancer. Oh, this is at the National Republican Congressional The wind causes cancer. The noise causes cancer. You know how noise causes cancer? You know how science says if you listen to loud rock music, you get cancer? Uh Sure, You know how science says. As they do, right. Um, Also, another thing he said, if quote, if it doesn't blow, it being the wind. Yes. Get your mind out of the gutter, Hemant. You can forget about television for the night. Darling, I want to watch television. I'm sorry, the wind isn't blowing. I know a lot about wind is how he finished it. I know a lot about wind. He also said something. I don't know if it's the same thing, but he talked about how great the Great Lakes were and how they were deep. They're record deep. Is he taking credit for how deep the lakes are? (laughs) Windbag would work. Wind itself. Oh, windbag is Windbag is funny. Windbag. We can shop it, but, it's, but all it's, can, it's, it's all I got right it's, now. Yeah, it's I don't okay. have much right now. Um, all right. So you need to go back to bed, I think. I'm gonna I the sad thing is uh-huh. I'm on the recovery end of this cough. <laughs> yeah, he Where uh, like the voice is the last thing to come back. <laughs> he texted me last night or Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. It was like, I might be dying, so I might not be able to record. And I was like, ooh. That long-awaited solo Jeff show, which is just me yelling at myself in my house alone. But I alas, listen to that. Uh, would you though? You don't listen to me when I talk in front of you. This is true. Um, I got my new tattoo. Oh my god! You, I didn't you, even see that. You didn't. I gesture a lot when I talk. <laughs> would you like to describe it to listeners? Um. Yeah, it's like a baseball field with an arrow pointing north. You're a literal idiot. It's a bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking moron. <laughs> Bring it back to me. <laughs> and it's like the the okay on second base, uh-huh. heading down to home plate is the symbol for woman. Yeah, and then you have an arrow sticking straight up out of it to center field. Um, it's a bow and arrow. So it's a woman hitting a home run in a baseball field. Actually, I'm gonna retrofit this, and I'm definitely gonna get it filled in with color. So Thank it's you. definitely baseball field. <laughs> It's just a bow and arrow, but the bow um, is the woman, the female symbol. It's just about feminine strength and also nice. Artemis, who's my favorite Greek uh-huh. goddess. My friend Amanda, who, if you listen to Fables, <laughs> oh God, a year ago now, um, Amanda and Malia were guests, and we read a very bad lesbian romance novel. It's anyway. Uh, so she and I got matching ones. Hers is on her oh, ankle. I really like mine. I'm very happy Did it about hurt? it. 
It really did. I mean, I, it, so it's right below my elbow and my forearm. Um, I would say it probably hurt less than the one on my bicep. It really didn't hurt a lot at all. Amanda said, I, I mean, but I've also had two tattoos and very like fleshy parts of my, yeah. of my very fleshy body. No brag. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very happy with it. It's, cool. it's healing up nicely. It did not hurt that bad. We went to two brothers for dinner afterwards and I it was no, a, re- yeah. I no tattoos. Yeah, you should get a tattoo. No. It's super part of your brand. Like, you're sort of (laughs) my hoodie always matches my t-shirt kind of glasses-wearing brand. How dare you? Well, so, just a quick anecdote about it. So, Amanda and I have been talking about getting matching tattoos for literally years. And she and her wife, Leah, who's my best friend from high school, live in Portland. And they came back to Chicago for like a week. And I don't know if anybody lives out of state from where they grew up, but when you go back, you ha- you do like this marathon of like, I have to see every person who I like ever have met. So we had w- like, they came over at 6 p.m. and they left at noon the next day. And so we were like, fuck it, let's get a fucking tattoo. And it was a Monday night. So I had to find, I wanted a female tattoo artist in the Chicago suburbs who was available and open on Monday nights. And it was a tricky situation, but we got it. We got in. We had a great time. They both look really nice. We had a great night after that. It was very good to see them. That was, it was a, it was a wonderful night. I missed them very much, and I drunkenly begged them to come home, which is not dignified, but true. I'm <laughs> but always true. amused by you people who have friends to go out with. Yeah, I do. I have, like, more than three or four friends. What? Yeah. That's, like, not even healthy. I know. And, like, they text me and ask how I'm doing. What? Does anyone ask how you're doing? No. Do I? <laughs> no one asks. Oh, we make small talk before. <laughs> it's so hard. I'm trying to think of the last time someone's like, how are you? <laughs> okay. God, Donate no to one Patreon gives a shit. So, so heaven can afford I'm not therapy. saying that because I want you to pity me. I do, I'm though. just saying, like, that's so not a thing that even comes to my mind anymore. <laughs> God, you go out to dinner with your friends. We did go out to dinner. We had beer. We split some appetizers. (laughs) Oh my God, it was the whitest appetizer set. It was chicken wings, fried Brussels sprouts. We're ending this. No, don't you want to hear about my two brothers? I can't take any more of your white people. All right, um, follow me on Twitter at B L U E B U R I E, Blueberry. Uh, Follow Hammett at his name, Hammett Meta. Thank you. Um, Email us at friendlyantheistpodcast at gmail.com. Go to uh, friendly, uh, Pathia. Nope. Try again. Oh, uh, fuck. What's a Patreon? Patreon.com slash Hermanathias podcast. Hey, if you donate enough, maybe we can get him in a therapist or buy a friend <laughs> for him. Um, yes. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.